Gospels with you today. Turn, to me, turn with me to James chapter 1. Last week we started uh, our sermon series entitled Refuel to be Revived. And um, we uh, looked at the importance last week of asking, of asking God for wisdom. And if you were here last week or you watched it online last week, what you know is that when we talked about asking for wisdom, we were asking God for wisdom to help close the gaps in our lives between, between where we, what we know and where we choose to live. And you'll remember this graphic from last week. I talked about how God shines light upon our path. And for every single one of us, it's a different place. For every single one of us, we receive that light. He shows us things. He helps us to have understanding of his word, understanding what he wants to to do in our life, so he shines light into our, into our life, and we have a, a certain amount of that that comes in, and we have that knowledge, and all throughout our life, God's going to be shining more and more and more light into our lives spiritually to help us grow and be more like him. Aren't you glad, right? What our responsibility is is to walk in all the light he's given us. He's given us all this light that we should know. The problem is, a lot of times what happens is we live below what we know, we have the knowledge, we have the understanding, and yet we choose to live below that. And I talked to you about the fact that, that that's where revival takes place, is in this area between what we know and where we live, and what we want God to do through his Holy Spirit is close the gap. Aren't you glad he can do that? And last week we talked about asking God to give us wisdom and how, how we can do that, to close this gap in our lives, asking God to give us wisdom. And then I want you to see today that God continues that work, not only as we ask, but as we make the choice to listen. Um, you heard the text that Monty read to us this morning, but since we're talking today about listening, I want you to hear it again. Would that be okay? Listen with me. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Uh, school's back in session for our, our elementary and high school kids. And, and soon, some of our college kids, I think, went back uh, already yesterday. And others will be going back over these next couple of weeks. It's just that time of year. And each group of kids faces uh, many of the same challenges as they go back to school. Um, a change in their sleeping habits, at least if they're like my kids were. Uh, summertime means we can stay up a little later and kind of do what we want. But go back to school, changing habits, sleep. Uh, changing habit, sleeping habits change, I'll get there, and uh, learning new schedules, figuring out new classrooms, I mean, all of the different challenges, uh, surroundings, meeting new people, all of these things that take place as we go back to school, a lot of that brings anxiety. I remember one of the biggest challenges for me um, in college, for sure, was as the new classes would start, was just learning the new professors. Every professor was different. Every professor taught differently. And so I remember I always looked forward to a new class if I'd had that professor before because I'd already kind of figured them out. I knew what they required. I knew what they were looking for. So I was, all, I was always happy about that. But I always like just lamented over the fact that I had to go to a class when I didn't know the professor because you never knew what the expectations were. And it took a little bit time to figure it out. For instance, I'll give you an example. I had one, a few, more than one, a few teachers, a few professors who they would would kind of give you a study guide along the way, and, and that study guide really contained the meat of what they wanted you to learn, right? I mean, you could take that study guide, and you could study for the test, and, and, and you were going to do pretty well on the test if you just knew the study guide pretty well. And then I had my first theology class, and here's what it was like. I walked in with a textbook and my Bible, and the, and the professor didn't give us anything else that whole time we were together. No study guides, no written notes, no, hey, you know, nothing to really help us, no. But here's what I learned about, it took me a little while, but here's what I learned about that professor. What I learned about him was when there was something important, when there was something he really, really wanted you to know, he would say this during the lecture. He would say, now you might want to write this down. Now, you might want to write this down. And, throughout, and, I, and I learned after, after a few times in his class, I learned that if I would just write down what he said when he said you might want to write this down, that I was going to do pretty well on the test because normally those were the things on the test. You see, it helps for us to know the really important things, right? 
you might want to write this down. James pauses here in James chapter 1, only 19 verses in, right? We started out basically at the beginning of the chapter last week, only 19 verses in. James kind of pauses here in, the, in this letter. Remember, it's a letter to the Christians, early church, early Christians scattered all over the Roman Empire, right? He, 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 he pauses here, 19 verses in, to tell these people who are facing hardship, who are facing persecution, who are facing a lot of different pressures going on in their lives as they're trying to live out what it means to be a Christian in a culture that's very different from then, from them. It says these words, verse 19. My dear brothers, take note of this. You know what he's saying? Hey guys, you might want to write this down. Hey guys, this is really important. I want you to hear it. See, we read right over those words, but isn't that what James is saying? Take note of this. It's important. It's critical. You have to, you have to write it down. Today, he would, be, he would be telling us this. Hey, guys, jot a note and put this on your refrigerator. Hey guys, make this, when your phone, when it comes, when it wakes up, when your phone wakes up, whatever that is right there, this should be there. For me, it would be write it on a post-it note and stick it on your computer monitor, or when you open your laptop, right there in that little area that's really nothing, you know, I stick a post-it note there. It's important. I want to remember that. Take note of this. Don't let it go. Dwell on it. Until it becomes second nature. Until it just becomes part of who you are. Do you get this morning that I kind of think James felt like this was important? And remember, this was the first letter, the first words written to the early church. If James is telling them it was important, let me tell you something. It's important for us too. So what was so important? What was it that they needed to take note of? What was it they were, they were supposed to write down? Here it is. It comes shortly after that uh, remembering to ask for wisdom. This comes shortly after that. And the next step in closing the gap, James tells us, is to be quick. He says, be quick to listen. And I want to add this today. I think we need to be quick to listen to God. I'm going to talk a lot about being quick to listening to God today, but I also think it's important that we're quick to listen to others around us. We need to be quick to listen. So I want to talk to you. Be quick to listen to God. Everyone should be quick to listen. Ask for God's wisdom and then listen. Listen, not just listen, catch this, but be quick to listen. We're quick to do a lot of things. We're quick, we're quick to go, and we're quick to do, and we're quick to act. But are we really quick to listen? I mean, it's like these two phrases don't even go together. When was the last time you had to hurry up and listen? Right? It's like these phrases don't even fit together. And I think that's James' intent here. Hey, this is important. You need to be a little quicker at just stopping and and listening. Open your ears. Open your ears to what God is saying. Open your ears to what other people around you are saying. We ask God for wisdom to close these gaps in our lives, and he's faithful to speak to that, but we have to listen to him. Quiet our hearts. So here's a few different ways I think we need to be quick to listen. I think we need to be quick to listen because he chooses to speak by his spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Aren't you thankful the spirit is here this morning? He speaks by his spirit. John chapter 16, verse 13, Jesus says, but when the spirit of truth comes, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and will tell you what is yet to come. The Holy Spirit will speak to us exactly what we need to hear. We have to choose to open our hearts and really listen to the Spirit. Now, some will, would testify that they've heard the Spirit speak audibly. I've not heard the Spirit speak audibly. Some would testify to that. Some would testify they've heard the Spirit speak in a whisper, much like we talked about with Elijah a few weeks ago, right? 
Um, I can testify today that I've heard the Spirit whisper to my spirit. I've heard the Spirit speak to my heart and impress me and, 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 and speak to me in that way. Um, there were times when I realized, a lot of times actually, when I've realized I'm not smart enough to figure this out on my own. And I pray this prayer, God, I need wisdom. I need you to help me to know what to do. Or found myself in conversations that I wasn't expecting to be in, that just happened like that as the phone rings or as somebody walks in my office or I see somebody out in public and all of a sudden you're in a conversation that you weren't expecting. And, and many times in those moments, the Spirit just begins to whisper and give wisdom and, and help, help me to be able to be uh, in those conversations and share things. And, I, and I, a lot of times I've shared with you before, I think I'm not even sure where that came from and about that time. I know where it came from, right? Because God gives us the help that we need. It's important to understand that the Spirit can speak to us and we can have these impressions, but it's also important for us to realize that we have to test the Spirit and make sure it's of God. Sometimes we can have impressions and feelings and we can say, I, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and yet it not be the Spirit at all. And so we need to be careful to test the Spirit. So how do we do that? How do we test the Spirit to know that it is God speaking to us? And it's this verse that I read to you today. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, will never speak on his own. The Spirit of God will always speak the truth from God. What he speaks will always line up with the word of God. So in other words, if we sense the Holy Spirit is speaking to us and we can look at Scripture and say, you know what, that really contradicts what this passage of Scripture says or what Jesus said, all of a sudden we can know that whatever it is that we're hearing, if it contradicts Scripture, is not of God. It's not God speaking. We can also test by just pausing a moment. When we sense the Holy Spirit, we think, it is speaking to us. Many times if we just pause for a moment and truly listen, we can find clarity. We can find clarity. Does it grow stronger? Does the impression go stronger to do whatever it is that we sense that he's asking us to do or say whatever he's asking us to say? Does that grow stronger or weaker in that moment as we pause? I recently felt impressed. I was in, out in public, out in a public place. I ran into somebody that I'd met before. I know they're not a Christian. They don't go to church. We began to have this conversation. They were sharing with me about some things going on in their life. And as we were talking, I began to feel impressed that I should pray for them right there in public where we were. Then I began to think, okay, Lord, is this of you? Is this really what you want? Because I don't know if you've noticed or not, but it's not every day that you see a couple of people with their heads bowed praying in public. And by the way, I think we need to follow the Holy Spirit, the leading of the Holy Spirit in that more. But I felt, instead of less impressed, as I paused for a moment and continued to listen, I felt even more impressed to do that. And I felt like, you know, God, this is you leading. I'm trusting you in this moment. And so I asked the person, could I pray for you? And they said, I would appreciate that. And so right there in this public place, we bowed our heads. I had prayer for them. And God used that in a very positive way. But I think we need to be cautious in those. Uh, and there's been other times when I've paused in those moments, felt very like, felt like I need to do, I need to step in here, felt very impressed to do that. And I felt then in that moment, the feeling's gotten weaker. No, I need to let that go. And I can give you an example of that. And that would be with my son, Jaron. It's great to have Jaron on staff with us here at the church. And um, one of the things that I probably struggle with the most, not only as his, as his kind of boss and pastor, but more like as his dad, there are times when I am tempted to step in, not necessarily because he's doing anything wrong, but just because I'm dad. You know what I'm saying? Like a situation comes up and he's handling it just fine and yet I'm ready to jump in there and I'm ready to try to help or protect or whatever the case might be. And so I have to be careful and test the spirit because what can happen is I can jump in and, and make a mess or I can pause for a minute and say, Lord, if this is of you, give me wisdom and help me to know what to say. If this isn't of you, help me to know that. And many times that, that first impression begins to wane and grow weaker. See, I believe that if we really want to know and understand God's voice and what he wants us to do in every situation, if we really want to understand that God will bring clarity to what he speaks to us, if you believe that, say amen. But we have to be quick to listen. We have to be quick to listen. We have to stay in step with the Spirit. I believe he will close these gaps in our lives and help us to live close if we will be quick to listen to his Spirit. Be quick to listen to his, his spirit because he speaks by his spirit, but he also speaks in other ways too. 
He speaks by opening and closing doors. Um, there's examples of that in Scripture. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, Paul writes these words. He says, but I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost because a great door for effective work has opened to me and there are many who oppose me. All right, he talks about this door, this door that has opened to him so that he can spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. God has opened the door, helped him to know this is right where I want you. How did God help him to know that? Through an open door. Effectively, okay, do this work. Revelation chapter 3, Revelation chapter 3, verse 7 says this to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, right? These are the words from him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David, and he who open and what he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and not denied my name. So here we see again an open door, right? Uh, God's placed before them an open door. There's another place in Scripture. It's in Acts chapter 19. This isn't in your notes, but Acts chapter 16, rather. Um, there's an, God, Paul had been praying again for open doors, for God to help guide them and lead them or to take the message of Jesus Christ. And if you remember the story in Acts 16, Paul tries to minister in Asia, and the door closes. And Paul tries to minister in Bithynia, and the door closes. And then God opens a door for them to move. But it was only through the closing of doors in other places that Paul really wanted to go that God led him to the very place he had prepared for him. So we have to understand that God, through his spirit, if we're seeking him and asking him, if we will listen to him and choose to be guided by his spirit, he will open doors, he will close doors, but we have to be sensitive enough to God to pay attention, to walk through the door when it opens, but when that door is closed, we've got to take some steps back and just keep listening and trusting to God. If you believe that, say amen. See, a lot of times when we come up against closed doors, we're really more like this. Isn't that true? Yeah. Little exclamation point. Right there it is. We're going through no matter what. Right? We've made up our mind. We've got it figured out. Right? We got it figured out. We're going we're gonna make it happen. And we trudge right on through. God help us by your spirit when we see the doors closed to not move on through, but to stop and say, God, I trust you and I trust your plan and I trust your timing. Because as Paul reminds us through his example, when one door closes, what's God do? eventually he's going to open another one. And guess what? It's right there through that other open door. If you read the book of Acts 16, 7, what you find is that when God opened that door, yeah, there were some hardships that came, but the word of God spread rapidly. And what we have to remember is God has a plan for us to work through us, to touch the world around us, but we have to follow his plan and his leading. If you believe that, say amen. So when we're asking God to guide us, is this the job that you have for me? Is this the college? Is this the house? Is this the relationship? Is this the right time for whatever comes after that? Be quick to listen. Quick to listen and then respond as the Spirit leads. You have to be quick to listen as God speaks through His Spirit, as He speaks through open and closed doors. But we also have to listen as God speaks through His Word. Everything he speaks, I've said this, but listen to me this morning. Everything God speaks will always be in harmony with his word. If you believe that, say amen. Always, always, always be in harmony with his word. He will never contradict it. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 from the New Living Translation. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Do not lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. The word of God is alive today, and he will speak to you through his word, but... You have a part to play. You see, you have to pick up the word of God. You have to read the word of God. 
You have to place yourself in, in, in places just like you are this morning and in, in groups of people that are meeting to study the Word of God that will be happening after, after our time together today and on Wednesdays and Thursdays through the week. And other days this happens, Tuesdays, all kinds of days. There's all kinds of people meeting to study the Word of God. Why? Because the Spirit guides us through His Word. Can I remind you today, I can't tell you how many times I'll have somebody come up to me afterwards and they'll say, Pastor, you have no idea what's going on in my life, but God spoke to me today. Guess what? It wasn't, it wasn't anything that I did. It was God coming alive through his word. Right when you needed to hear from him, right when you needed it the most, his word is alive, but we have to read it. You see, I want to remind you today that we have the word of God to read in our language, and we, should, we never really get too excited about that. That should excite us today. We not only have it in our language, but we have it in many different versions and many different translations and paraphrases. What that means is it's not hard to read the word of God. I mean, the transition that has taken place over these last 30 or 40 years, all the different translations, people ask me all the time, Pastor, what's the translation I should read? And you know what my answer is? Not universally, but basically, my answer is, whatever one you will read. Find one you will read and read it. Now, are there some that are more accurate than others? Absolutely, and we can talk about that. But start by just getting into the Word of God. Read it. We have it in print, but we also have it available to listen to. We have it on our computers. Some of you have your phones out right now with the Bible app open. You have, you have it right before you on your phone. I mean, there's all these different ways, and yet it seems like we have no hunger for the Word of God. I attended the Global Leadership Summit last week, um, along with some others from the church and staff, and um, it was a great chance to hear a lot of different speakers and leaders, but there was one pastor who spoke. His name's Craig Rochelle. He pastors um, Life Church, and Life Church and Craig Rochelle are the ones that bring us the YouVersion Bible app that probably the majority of you, if you have your uh, Bible open on your phone this morning, you're probably using the YouVersion Bible app. They uh, have been working hard over the past number of years to translate scripture, help translate scripture into every known language. They're hoping to do that. Their goal, catch this, their goal is to have it in every known language by the year 2025. Craig showed a video of a plane that landed not long ago carrying Bibles into the Kamel community in West Indonesia. They had waited 47 years to have the Bible translated into their language. Now, for me, it hit home when I read 47 years because I'm 47 years old. My entire lifetime, they've been waiting to receive the Bible in their translation. I want you to see a scene this morning. I want you to watch with me as a community of believers who have been waiting for such a long time to receive the word of God as this plane lands there in this place, as they gather, as they celebrate. And remember, as you're watching this, remember why they're celebrating. It's because the Bible is coming in their language. And I want you to watch. There'll be a pastor who is praying. I want you to watch one, two people to his right. As you're looking up there, it'll be to his left. And watch his emotion and reaction as the pastor is praying, thanking God for these Bibles. Watch with, you, with me if you want.
scene celebration that takes place the tears that are wet because finally they can have the word of God to read and how many days go by where we just take it for granted how many days go by where the Bible sets closed or the the app stays closed on our phone or whatever the case might be and we go day after day after day and we never engage ourselves into the word of God and say, word of God, speak, speak to more, speak to me. We can sing that, I'm listening, I'm waiting. But the way we actively wait, the way we hurry up and listen is by getting into the word of God and saying, God, would you help me to know your will for my life? God, would you help me to know how you want to work in my situation, in my circumstances? God, would you speak to me through your word? I was convicted. God, when was the last time that I've stood and praised you because we have your word to read? God, speak to us through your word. And the reality is this. He will close these gaps in our lives. He will close these gaps in our lives if we will truly allow him to speak to us through his word. James not only says be quick to listen, but also addresses things that prevent us from listening he points out two of the main things that keep us from being quick to listen and says, there are times you need to hurry up. We need to hurry up and listen, right? And there's also times we need to slow down. You know, people around you sometimes get frustrated for you being slow. I was at a gas station yesterday. My wife was thirsty. We were out. She wanted something to drink, and so I did what you do, right? Pulled over, went into the gas station, and um, walked up to the fountain and looked for the drink that she wanted, and I had the cup and did what everybody does, right? I mean, the gas stations are full most Saturdays, it seems, most every day, it seems, right? With people wanting their Polar Pops and everything else. I walk in, and I hit the button, let it fill up, and then what do you have to do? You have to wait, especially if it's root beer. Have you noticed that? I don't know, what is it about root beer? Have you noticed? You have to wait, you have to wait for the fizz to come down, you know? You fill it up, you wait for the fizz to come down. And the guy behind me, he's not, very, he's not being very patient with me, right? And I heard him look over at the person he was with and he said, I'm really biting my tongue right now. He was frustrated with me because I was trying to let the fizz come down. So. Just relax if there's somebody in front of you waiting for that. I'm, I'm, I use that example to say this. It's silly and ridiculous, but we're in a hurry about everything. We're in a hurry about everything. James says, hey, take note of this. This is important. Listen, hurry up and listen, but slow down. Be slow to speak. You see, when we're speaking, what are we not doing? We're not listening. And the truth is, most of the time when we are listening, we're not listening. I love what Stephen Covey said. He said, most people do not listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. Think about that. Most people don't listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. And that's really very true. We often listen thinking about whatever story it is that we want to tell next. If somebody's telling us about how sick that, that, that they've been, what are we doing a lot of times? We're thinking about the story when we were sick that was 10 times worse that we're gonna tell them next. Oh. We listen to someone sharing about their grandkids or their kids and 
Ours have done whatever theirs have done only a 10 times better. We're listening to reply, right? Or, or it could be this one. Our kids tell us how hard it is these days and we reply with this chart. When I was your age, I walked to school barefoot, in the snow, uphill, both ways, and we liked it. You see, we listen a lot of times to out-reply the person that we're talking to. What would happen if we would just begin to listen to understand? What if we would be slow to speak and just begin to listen to really understand the person who is speaking to us? Really understand them. And we didn't interrupt. And when we did respond, it would be a response that I want to understand more. I want to I understand what you're going through. I want to understand where you are. I want to understand how I can help or encourage you. Clarity. You know, the reality is this. We don't have all the answers, but wouldn't it be great to have some people in your life? Think about you. Wouldn't it be great to have some people in your life who would listen to you, encourage you, and pray for you? If you would love that, say amen. Right? We would all love it. So guess what? Be slow to speak and be that person who will listen. We don't have all the answers. Can I remind you, we don't have all the answers, but our Father does. And if we will listen to him, if we will allow him to speak into our lives and prepare our hearts, when we listen to other people, when we understand what they are going through, it's amazing how the Heavenly Father will speak into our lives and help us to be encouragement and healing for others around us. We need to genuinely listen to others. And it's also true, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but it's true with the time we spend with God. In the time that we spend with God in prayer, how much of that time, percentage-wise, do you do talking? I would say for all of us, myself included, our prayer time, most of it, the highest percentage, the majority of the time is spent what? We're lifting our hearts to God, whether it's requests or praise or adoration. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. But we need to have some of our prayer time that includes listening. What would, ha what would happen if we would just start our prayer time? The next time you go to prayer this week, what if you would just pray this? I am your servant and I am listening. Speak to me, Lord. Speak to me. He wants to hear from you. Don't get me wrong. But can I tell you, a lot of times we spend all of our time telling him and very little time listening be slow to speak even when we're speaking to God a truly Proverbs says Proverbs 17 a truly wise person uses few words a person with understanding is even tempered I have to remind you this morning that God will close the gaps in our life and help us to listen as we learn to be slow to speak and then he adds one more slow thing that we need to do slow we need to be slow to become angry. You know, there are times in our life when we pray and when we expect God to answer, and normally when we pray and want God to answer, we want him to answer when, right? We want him to answer right now. And we all know that God doesn't always answer on our time frame. And we hope and we pray and we, we beg at times God to work and he doesn't always work on our time frame. So as a result, we can get angry and we can get resentful and we can even get bitter toward God because he's not responding the way that we want him to. And when this happens, when we get angry with God, who do we stop listening to? Who do we stop seeking? The one we need the most, right? We stop seeking God and we stop listening to God. Why? Because we've been quick to become angry. And when that happens, what do you think happens to the gap that we've been looking at? It doesn't grow narrower. It doesn't close in. It actually what? It actually widens. Why? Because we're angry with God, and so we stop listening to him. We stop letting him direct our lives. Instead of growing anger, James reminds us that we need to be slow to anger. Slow it down. We need to humble ourselves and Start listening again. Not only do we need to, to do that in our anger with God, not only do we need to be slow in our anger with him, but we also need to be slow in our anger with others. You see, everything that we're talking about this morning is, can be translated in, in both different ways. 
It applies this way in our relationship with God, but it also applies this way in our relationship with other people all around us. Often when things are said or done to us or to someone that we love, things that are offensive, things that are hurtful, our first reaction is anger. We react to whatever that is. We're angry about it, so we react to it. But we're reminded that we need to be slow to become angry and stop and really listen. You know, if we would just, instead of becoming, we can, re, we can respond anytime. You know, there's a difference between reacting and responding. A lot of times we react to it. Instead of just taking a step back and really listening to God and seeing what's actually happening in this situation and begin to understand what's happening not only in our life but in the lives of those around us, just taking a few moments to let the Spirit speak into our lives and then respond in the right way. Slow to anger. Listen to God in those moments. I recently, recently met a person who found out during the introduction that I was a pastor. I was being introduced to them, and I was introduced that day as pastor, this is my pastor, Brian Rogers. And, and I, what I've found over the years, I think I've maybe told you this before, but what I've found out over the years is that there's always a different response when I'm introduced as Pastor Brian than when I'm just introduced as Brian. Always a different response. You never know quite what it's gonna be, but it's always a different response. I met a guy yesterday, he was thrilled to hear I was a pastor, had a lot of positive things to say. I wish that was the case all the time. With this person, it was quite different. The very first few minutes of meeting this individual, the conversation quickly shifted for him to letting me know that he'd been wounded. He'd been wounded by people, people who were Christians, people who, who were a part of a church that he'd attended, attended a number of years ago. This had happened many years ago. It was nowhere that, you're, that you even know about. Nowhere that I even knew about. And yet he's sharing with me all of the hurt and the anger and the bitterness that he just carries around with him all the time. He went on to tell me in great detail They've been done wrong by these people and by the pastor in particular of the church and I stood there and I listened to him as he shared with me. I realized that when people were share things with me like this that there are always two sides to every story but the reality is there are always multiple sides to every story including God's side, right? And so I listened and it was clear to me that not knowing everything that had happened that Everyone probably could have handled things a little bit differently. But as I listened, I also found myself be very quickly getting angry. I'd never met this man. I didn't know the church. I didn't know anything about it. But the more he shared and the more things that he said, anger began to rise up in me. I found myself coming very quickly to a place where I had a couple of options. I was either gonna speak up and let him know what I really thought about something I didn't know anything about. Ever done that? It's a great time, isn't it? Or I was gonna do the second option that, to be honest, I can do pretty well. And that was just shut down. Turn him off, tune him out, let him say what he has to say, and move on probably have a pretty rotten rest of the day to be honest because those things kind of have a way of setting you on that track but the next day after a good night's sleep I'd probably be okay and we'll just move on gosh this has happened so long ago and I'm getting emotional but I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me in that moment when I was almost ready to just go and he just spoke these words just Listen. Just listen. And so when I wanted to tune out, I leaned in. And I began to listen to this man. I kept my eyes on his eyes. I listened to what he was sharing. And what I began to see was pain and hurt and anger. I began to see that the enemy had gotten a hold of this and just knotted it up and blew it up. Isn't the enemy good at that? And when he finished, I'll never forget, he looked at me and he said, 
So what do you think about that, pastor? He didn't really want to know what I thought about it. But by the time he got done, and this is, this is praise to God because this is not me. By the time he got done, my anger was gone. My heart was filled with love and compassion for this man who had been so wounded by what I could summarize as a number of misunderstandings that were poorly timed and maybe poorly handled, but as I said, the enemy just took it from there. And I looked at this person with genuine tears in my eyes and I said, I am so very sorry that you've experienced this. I'm sorry that you've experienced this. I believe with all my heart that God loves you and I'm sorry for the pain that you have because of this experience. This guy had no idea what to say. He was completely dumbfounded. He just stood there and looked at me. And I thought, well, he's either going to hit me. I said, don't give up on God. And don't give up on his church. He said, I've been carrying, finally talked. He said, I've been carrying this pain and anger around in me for all of these years. And he said, in all of the years, no one has ever said, I'm sorry. Today, you weren't even involved, and you did. And, it, and his countenance changed. I sensed that release came into his life. And healing began this day because God's grace and his spirit helped me to be slow to anger. Now, I don't say that to say, look how great I am, because here's the reality. In every situation that we face, the only way that we can be slow to anger is through the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And that's why we've got to be walking close enough to him and staying in tune with his word and listening to what he's speaking to us so that we don't react when situations come. But we're slow. We're slow to speak and we're slow to become angry. And we always remember that there is an enemy out there trying everything to do everything that he can to destroy, listen, to destroy relationships destroy relationships at home, destroy relationships at work, destroy relationships in the church, destroy relationships everywhere around us. The enemy is working overtime. He comes to steal and kill and destroy. And the only way that we battle against the force of the enemy is by obeying the word of God, by tuning in and listening, by closing this gap that so often is created in our lives and allowing God to be the spirit filled Christians in a dark world around us that he, that he so desperately needs. You're the light shining in the darkness. And James is saying, remember, these people are scattered everywhere, right? And James is saying, hey, take note of this. This is important. The enemy's gonna battle you in your relationships and in your time with God, but here's what you have to do. Be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. And oh, there's going to be so many times when you want to get angry and you're going to be frustrated, but just slow it down and give me an opportunity to work. And the very next verse says, for a man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. I thought of the words of the psalmist. Psalm, I believe it's 19. I was thinking of it this morning, actually, 1914. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. How is it today? Has a gap formed in this area of your life, whether it be in really listening and taking the time to listen, or maybe you know that you're, you're just in a place in your life right now where you're reactionary and you don't want to be that way. You want to step back and allow the Spirit to do a fresh work in you and revive your heart so that you're responding in the Christ-like way. I encourage you this morning to let the Spirit refuel and revive you today. Just listen to His voice. Stand with me if you would this morning. Pastor Nathan's going to come.
Father, we're so grateful today. Grateful that you love us so much that you give us your word to be able to read and study and understand and you give us your spirit to give us guidance and wisdom and illuminate the things in our lives, Lord, that need to be more like you and then your spirit to draw us to you and your son that does the work within us through his blood. We're thankful today. You have all equipped us, but we have to lean into you today. Lord, you are drawing many of us to you this morning, and whether it's for the first time or whether it's, Lord, we've been with you for a long time, but we just need that renewal of our heart today. Help us to be obedient. Help us to listen this morning and obey. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, in your name. His heads are bad. If you'd like to come and pray this morning and seek the Lord, have the freedom. Come, seek him today. I am your servant, and I am listening. Speak to me, Lord, speak to me. I need your wisdom, your truth and comfort. Speak to me, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me, speak to me, through your word, through your spirit, speak your words of life, speak to me, speak to me, I am listening, I am waiting, speak to me. Speak to me, speak to me, through your word, through your spirit, speak your words of life, speak to me, speak to me, I am listening, I am waiting, speak to me. Father, this continues to be our prayer this morning. And Lord, even in these moments as we pray with those who have come, I pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to speak to us as we pause here and just listen. Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts and draw us close to you. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. You may be seated as we pray with those who have come and encourage you just to remain in an attitude of prayer there where you're seated this morning.
God's Spirit has been with us today. Amen. So I know you're very capable of taking your own notes. But this morning, I felt very impressed this week, and so Pastor Jaron helped me. But as you go today, we've made you a note. Write this down, right? Write this down. And so uh, as you go today, I'd like for you to grab this. Here's what I believe. This is what God spoke to my heart. There are some things that I believe that if we just see it, it makes a difference. So you put it wherever it will help you best, but I just believe this week that if we, and, and in the days ahead, that if we'll see this passage, we'll be reminded of what we've learned today and that God will speak these words into circumstances that you don't even know you're going to face yet. If you believe that, say amen. So get one of these as you leave today from uh, some of the people that'll be helping us hand them out, okay? We want you to have that. God bless you. Uh, Steve, would you come please and give us a benediction? Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Please stand for this morning's benediction. It's found in Luke 11:28. He replied, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Go and obey him today. You're dismissed. <laughs>